0: chapter 3 and we're going to begin with verse uh, 13. Before we uh, share uh, the word this morning, I just want to preface uh, this. Uh, we're going to begin a new series of messages and uh, on Sunday night, on the third Sunday of the month, generally speaking, unless we have something else uh, that is a special uh, event, like last Sunday night, Easter Sunday night, you usually have a musical production uh, by our choir and a music department. And uh, so we did that last Sunday night, which was the third Sunday of the month. But generally speaking, on the third Sunday of the month, on Sunday evening, we uh, teach on the subject of divine healing. We also have a healing service where we teach the Word. We also pray for people who may need healing in their body. But it's not just for sick people. It's for us to have somewhat of a steady diet of uh, scripture on the subject of divine healing, so that we can not only uh, receive healing but maintain our health. And so, uh, right now, I'm going to, however, teach on Sunday morning a series on the subject of divine healing, based on God's word that healing was provided for you and for I, uh, for me and for all of uh, the body of Christ, and it belongs to us. So. Uh, we're going to begin our study this morning on, the, uh, on divine healing uh, from Galatians chapter 3 and we'll begin with verse 13. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangs on a tree. The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Through faith. So we'll go back to verse 13 and break it down a little bit. In verse 13, again, it says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, to have some understanding of the curse of the law, if uh, we have time, we'll uh, go to it. Uh, but in Deuteronomy chapter 28, there is a listing, first of all, in verse 1 through 5, or uh, verse 1 through uh, 14, uh, is talking about the blessings that come uh, in the case of obedience to uh, the law of God in the Old Testament. When they obeyed the law, then these blessings would come on them, it says, and that those blessings would overtake them. These were financial blessings. These were uh, uh, blessings of health and healing and wholeness. These were blessings of blessing... Uh, their storehouse, blessing their uh, crops, blessing their uh, livestock, blessing their lives, blessing their families. Well, then he begins to list in verses 15 through the end of the chapter, uh, curses. It goes through 60 some verses. And so all of these curses are listed out as a result of uh, not obeying the law of God or not obeying the commandments of God. And uh, so there are many different areas that are listed. There are family curses that come upon uh, people, marriage curses, uh, children curses. Uh, There are uh, curses that are listed there on your crops and on your land, on your livestock. And there are curses uh, that are listed there about having sorrow of mind and basically your mind being harassed and uh, actually insanity to some degree. And so there are a lot of curses that are listed there. But the predominant curses that are listed are sicknesses and diseases. Different types of sicknesses, different types of diseases. And he said all of these curses would come on you. And they would overtake you if you would not hearken to the voice of God or the commandments of God. So, uh, sickness and disease... Uh, As I said, listed, and he said, every sickness that is written and those that are not written would come upon you as a result of breaking God's law. And so, sickness and disease is without question, uh, according to those verses of Scripture, without question, is listed as a curse. Every sickness written, every sickness that is not written. In verse 61, it says, every curse that is not written in this book of the law, those would come upon you. So those that were listed and those that were not listed, uh, you know, some people remember phone books, you know, actually. Uh, you could have a listed number. How many remember, actually, when we had phone books? You say you still have them, but who uses them? Not very many people. Uh, but uh, basically, you, have a, you could have a listed number or you could have an unlisted number. Well, that's what the scripture is actually saying. There is uh, uh, sicknesses and diseases that were listed. In other words, I can't list them all because there's others that are going to come up. Generations along the way, you're going to have different sicknesses and diseases. He said those that are listed and those that are not listed, he said, are all curses. And they come on you as a result of disobeying God's word or God's commands. Are you with me? So this is under the law. If you did not obey the law, then these curses would come on you. Well, in the New Testament, the scripture says you could miss it in one point. In other words, not obey in one point of the law, and you would be guilty of the whole thing. Wow, that's a pretty big deal. So here we are. Uh, If you're going to live by the law itself and under the law, then if you miss it in one point, you're guilty. Well, the truth is that we're all guilty without Jesus. Are you with me? Uh, according to the book of Romans, that there, we're all guilty. We're none right, no righteous one, none righteous, no not one. All have sinned, come short of the glory of God. And so the reality is that we've all sinned and we're all guilty before God without Jesus. But thank God Jesus came. Amen. So this brings us, just giving you a little bit of backdrop or... Uh, uh, so that you can understand here now what the Apostle Paul is dealing with. So, in Galatians chapter 3, and verse 13, it says, uh, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ hath redeemed us. Now, notice here, now he says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, and I've just given you the description that part of the curse... And the predominant listing in Deuteronomy 28 was sickness and disease, right? So uh, then we could put, obviously, poverty could be listed here. You could say, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of poverty. Because poverty was one of the curses that was listed there in Deuteronomy 28. Or you could say, uh, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of sin. Because obviously, breaking God's law was what opened up the curse to come upon all of them and any of them, right? And so, uh, you could say, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of sin. You could say, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of spiritual death, which was the result of man's disobedience to God. It was the result of Adam's Original sin, that when he sinned, he died spiritually. So you could say, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of spiritual death. Well, then you could go and say, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of insanity, sorrow of mind. Because actually, that's listed there in Deuteronomy. You could say, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of divorce. Well, that's a big one in our society today, isn't it? Christ has redeemed me from the curse because you'd lose your wife, but not only did you lose your wife or your spouse, you also lost your house, or you lost your children, or you lost uh, your uh, property. Uh, That was part of the listing there in Deuteronomy 28. So Christ has redeemed me from the curse of divorce, or Christ has redeemed me from the curse of broken family. And you could uh, list any of those in this verse because they're all included. All right, let's go to now the predominant listing that we said is sickness and disease. Everyone that was listed there in Deuteronomy 28 and even those that were not listed. So when in the medical world, when another disease comes up and uh, we've never heard of that, so we put a name on it. You know, to identify that's what this is. It's, it's common. You have a name for that particular disease. So if one comes up and it's a new disease, it's also included in redemption. Are you with me? So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of what? Sickness and disease. Christ hath redeemed me. Now, the word hath, obviously, is talking about something that God has already done, or Christ has already done, right? It's not something that Jesus is going to do maybe when he comes back in the second coming. No, it's something he's already done. Jesus has already, already provided redemption from the curse of sickness and disease. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of sickness and disease. Now, the word redeemed, I'm going to give you a definition of the word redeemed because sometimes it helps us, it enlightens us, it opens up our understanding to have some definition. So, I've looked it up in Strong's, looked it up in Vines, I've looked it up in Thayer's, and I'm just going to give you Thayer's definition, and then also give you another um, definition from across it. All right, Thayer says it this way, to redeem... By payment of a price to recover from the power of another or to ransom. To redeem, how? By the payment of a price. And in this case, Jesus uh, suffering his death on the cross was payment. So to redeem by the payment of a price to recover from the power of another. So we could say to ransom, as it went on to say, and to buy off. So the purchase price has already been paid because Christ has already been crucified. So the price has been paid uh, to redeem or to, uh, to buy off or uh, to ransom, uh, to purchase, to recover from the power of another. So you could say, Jesus has purchased you or he has bought you or he has purchased you uh, from the power of sin. Couldn't you say? He's redeemed you or purchased you from the power of sin. Or then you could say he's purchased you from the power and the dominion of poverty. Couldn't you say because he's redeemed you? Or you could say he's redeemed me from the, and purchased me away from the power of divorce or broken family. And again, you could go on, all of the different things that he's redeemed you from, but we're including sickness. So we definitely could be able to say that Christ has purchased us and he's bought us out from the power of sickness and disease. Are you with me? So then uh, he goes on to say, Thayer does. It says, "Use metaphorically, of Christ freeing men from the dominion of the Mosaic law. At the price of his vicarious death, redeemed us from the Mosaic law or the dominion of the Mosaic law. In other words, if you miss it in one point, you're guilty of the whole thing. So you got problems. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. I'm really glad for the blood of Jesus. All right. So he's redeemed us from the curse that would dominate us as a result of not fulfilling all of the law. Now, we know from the New Testament, if you walk in love and you love your brother and love your neighbor and so forth, uh, then you're fulfilling the law, aren't you? All right, so let's go on here. Another uh, definition, T.J. McCrossin, in his uh, book on healing, he said this. Redeem means to purchase or redeem out from or away from. It means bought out from under. Not brought out from under, but bought out from under. If you're bought out from under, then you're brought out from under. In other words, again, it's by a purchase price, a price that had to be paid. To redeem, to purchase or to redeem out from or away from, to buy out from under, to purchase out from under. All right, so Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, out from and away from under the curse. So, if you are a Christian, a believer in Jesus, then according to this verse, Christ has already redeemed you, right? Out from under the curse of the law. Now, this is a spiritual reality for everybody in one sense because Jesus has already done it for the whole world. He did, the crucifixion was not just for uh, people that are already saved, obviously you weren't saved. So it was for everyone. I read a scripture last week in our teaching on Easter Sunday. What did we read? Christ, what? God reconciled us. How? He reconciled us. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing or counting men's trespasses against them or unto them. He said, But what? Canceling them, according to the Amplified Bible. But canceling our sin debt. So really what Jesus did in the cross of Christ, he was canceling man's sin. Well, he was also redeeming us from sickness and disease. So it was done for everybody, but not everyone has received it or everybody has acknowledged it. Uh, So, uh, we have, believers have acknowledged Jesus' crucifixion, Jesus' death, Jesus' burial, Jesus' resurrection. Well, in this case, we we acknowledge that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He has bought us out from under He has paid the purchase price. We say the purchase price. Why is a purchase price necessary? Because, back to all have sinned. They're none-righteous, so there is a purchase price that has to be paid, because we've all sinned, so we're guilty, and if we're guilty, then the curse is going to come on us. All right, so Jesus, he comes to this earth, He's a sinless man. He walks sinless and lives a sinless life, but then he goes to the cross. And on this cross, he was literally made to be our sin. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What does it say next? It says, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So without question, he's talking about hanging on the cross. This is when this occurred. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse. So he tells us how he redeemed us didn't he? He redeemed us, being made a curse for us. All right, let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse verse 21. You don't have to turn there, but it says, for he, God, has made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. Now, any time... You see this phrase in the epistles, the letters written to the church. You see this phrase, for us. It's referencing or referring to substitutionary work. Meaning that Jesus was our substitute. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he was substituting for us. We had all sinned. We were all sinners. But Jesus came to this earth, walked as a man, lived a sinless life, qualified to go to the cross as our substitute. First qualifying by being a man, he got in a human body and became a man. He was a man, Christ Jesus, the mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. And yet, he was God, manifest in the flesh. So here, God manifests in the flesh, but living in a human body, tempted like as we are, yet without sin, lived a sinless life, and now he is qualified to go to the cross and be our substitute. So he was that sinless sacrifice, sinless man. He was a spotless lamb of God. So now he, on the cross, sinless man, became sin. He who knew no sin, back to verse 21, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. Everybody say for us. Meaning again, he was our substitute. So Jesus being our substitute is made sin for us. If he is then made sin, then there is a penalty for sin. The wages or penalty for sin is what? Death. So then the next step is that he would have to die. So Jesus on the cross was literally made to be sin for us. One translation, Living Bible says it this way. It's a paraphrase, but Living Bible says it this way. God took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins. All of humanity's sins poured into him. And then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into us. So why does Jesus have to die for our sins? Well, so that we could be redeemed from it and we could be redeemed from the effects of sin, which was spiritual death. And the effects of sin, which was poverty, which was sickness and disease, which was curse on your family, which was, again, curse on your mind and not having any peace whatsoever. And the devil destroying your mind, destroying your family, destroying your kids, destroying your your prosperity, destroying your health. The devil is a destroyer. Actually, one of his names is destroyer. That's the name of the devil. So he is described as a destroyer. He came to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So here we are in this redemptive process. Jesus was made to be our sin. So then there is a penalty for sin. He is going to have to die. And his death would be payment then for, remember, purchase, payment, price, A price had to be paid. So his death was then going to be payment for our sin. You say, is he paying the devil? No. He is dying because God is a legal God. And God is a just God. And God can't just say, okay, just forget about all that. No. Legally, justly, God is a rock. His work is perfect. All his ways are judgment. He's a God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. In other words, God being a God of justice, sin deserved a penalty. Somebody's got to pay. And Jesus was the only one that could pay for everyone. Are you with me? So Jesus in paying the penalty for sin. Now why did the curse come on those who were under the law? Why did the curse come? Because they broke the law, which was sin, which was disobedience to God. Their disobedience to God opened the way for the curse to come on them. Now, if Jesus pays the penalty for our sin, so then him paying the ransom price and dying in our place, dying for us and for our sin, then the penalty has been paid, and now The curse, come on, is now lifted off from us or we are redeemed, what? Out from and away from under the curse. We were under the curse, but we're no longer under the curse because we've been redeemed out from and away from under the curse. You say, what if I sin? That's why you repent. That's why the blood of Jesus cleanses you. That's why you then are right with God because the blood of Jesus has cleansed you that means that you're a righteous child of God and you have every right as a child of God to receive your redemption receiving your redemption begins with begins with believing in other words you can't receive something you don't believe in how did you get saved You heard the gospel, faith came by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When you heard it and you believed it, then you were able to then receive it, right? And you got saved, you got born again, you received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, and you have eternal life as a result of hearing the gospel, believing it in your heart, and receiving it by faith in Jesus, amen? Well, the same is true when it comes to healing as well. You hear the gospel. The gospel includes healing. Just like it includes prosperity. It includes salvation or eternal life. But the word salvation itself implies, according to C.I. Schofield, who was uh, from a Baptist background. Here, C.I. Schofield said, the word salvation itself Means implies the ideas of salvation, healing, preservation, soundness, in other words, completeness. He referred to it as the all inclusive word of the gospel, in other words, redemption included all of the goodness of God, everything that God had for humanity, that had been lost by Adam's sin through the fall, now Jesus is restoring it all. And the scripture says, all the promises of God in 2 Corinthians, all the promises of God in Him, in Jesus Christ, are yes and what? Amen. All the promises of God in Jesus are yes and what? Amen. So he is then the fulfillment of all the promises of God, like Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord that heals you. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider. Jehovah Nisi. The Lord, your banner, or your captain, the one that goes out before you, your victor. Praise the Lord. And Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, your righteousness. And we could go on, but we're talking about Jesus was then the fulfillment of all the covenant names of God in the Old Testament. Jesus was the fulfillment of it. And what he did through his death, burial, and resurrection, his sufferings on the cross, was the fulfillment of everything that you could receive from God Through Jesus Christ, praise God, which included healing because he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our physician, the Lord that heals us. So now Jesus being our uh, redeemer, he has redeemed us again because he paid the full price. The ransom note has been paid. God has declared us justified. In other words, it's in the court of heaven. Where the penalty has been fully paid, the devil gets nothing. In other words, God is saying now, because of what Jesus has done, the sufferings of Christ, the death, that he died because of the price being fully paid. Now, God declares us not guilty. God declares us right with him. God declares us redeemed from sin. Redeemed from spiritual death. Redeemed from poverty. Redeemed from sorrow of mind, Redeemed from divorce. Redeemed from broken families. Redeemed from a curse on your kids. Come on. Redeemed. Are you with me today? Now, redeemed from every curse of the broken law. Now, Jesus has redeemed us from sin, so therefore we believe that. So we are redeemed from the curse of everything that resulted from sin. All the other curses that came as a result of sin, we are redeemed from. So certainly we could say, without question, if we believe the Bible... Then we could say we are redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. Now, we are redeemed. What does the word redeemed mean? It means redeemed out from and away from under. So we were under the curse, but we could say, I'm no longer under the curse. Not under the curse, not under the curse. For Christ has set me free. Hallelujah. Once I was bound, once I was blind, but no longer am I blind, but I can see. Amen. No longer am I bound, but I'm free. Why? Because Christ has ransomed me. Christ has ransomed me, paid the full penalty for my sin, and my sin penalty has been paid, so I'm no longer under the curse. I've been removed out from under the curse. Now, by way of clarity, because the verse continues to say, Christ has redeemed us. Everybody say, he's already done it. <laughs> Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. So we're saying now, based on what we have just taught and the word of God, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of sickness and disease. Being made a curse for us. Or being made sick for us. Right? Being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree or on the cross. So Jesus was literally made a curse. Go back to Second Corinthians. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. So Jesus was made on the cross to be sin for us. As our substitute. Remember, anytime that says, for us, it's substitutionary. In other words, Jesus has taken our place. That's where you deserve to go, but Jesus went in your place. You deserve to die for your sin. Jesus didn't have any sin of his own. He took your sin, and then he died in your place as your substitute. So when he did it for you, then it's done for you. When you believe that, receive that, and acknowledge that that is true, then you can say, I am redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Say so. That doesn't mean you get up in the morning and say so. No, it means you get up in the morning and say, I am redeemed. But if you say, I am redeemed... You can maybe shout a little bit, but if you know what you're redeemed from, you can shout a whole lot. Amen. If you know that you're redeemed from the curse of sin, if you know that you're redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease, you know that you're redeemed from the curse of spiritual death, you know that you're redeemed from the curse of poverty, you know that you're redeemed from the curse of fear. Your life should hang in doubt, the scripture says there in Deuteronomy 28. You know that you're redeemed from the curse of insanity. Boy, that's a big deal. I remember as a teenager literally thinking because the devil was working against my mind. I thought I was losing my mind. But I thank God today I have a sound mind. Hallelujah. I know in whom I have believed. I know God is able to deliver no matter what you're going through in life, no matter if it's mental oppression, no matter if it's physical oppression, no matter if it's uh, being dominated by demon power. Thank God you've been delivered from the power of darkness. You've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. So... What are you going to say? I am redeemed. Hallelujah. But you need to go ahead and include while you're saying it what you're redeemed from. What you're redeemed from. Purchase out from under the curse of sickness and disease. Well, let me give you a a little bit more reference here. For example, it says he was made a curse for us. Because many people... You know, they may be even struggle about Jesus being made sin for us. Because they've not been taught. They've not studied the word of God. Don't have a good understanding. But many people in the body of Christ even. They have struggled with uh, believing that Jesus was made to be our sickness. Well, let's just go back to Isaiah. It won't take time. We can teach it more later. Uh, but Isaiah 53. Surely... He hath borne our sicknesses. It says sorrows and griefs there. But actually, if you study it out in the Hebrew, you find out that in many other places, it is translated sicknesses and pains. Now, so, surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Surely he hath borne our. Everybody say our. He didn't need to bear his own. He was bearing our sicknesses our diseases. He carried our pains. Verse 5 in Isaiah 53 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. We believe that, right? He was wounded for our transgressions. He did it for us. Isaiah was way before his time. You understand? He was prophesying concerning What Jesus was going to do in the future, and he was speaking as if it were now. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement to give us peace, soundness, well-being, wellness of mind was on him, and with his stripes, we are healed. With His stripes, we're healed. He bore our sicknesses so that we could be healed. He bore our sins so that we could be right with Him. He bore our sorrow of mind so that we could have peace of mind and wholeness and soundness of mind. Praise God forever. So God wants you well. I said God wants you well. God wants you whole. God doesn't want you just to be saved and now you can die and go to heaven. Now, he does want that. How many believe that's the greatest and most important thing? And That is... Uh, highest priority on God's list is that you are saved. You're a child of God. You're born again. You know that you're right with God. And when you die and draw your last breath, you leave your body. Your spirit leaves your body. You go to heaven and you spend your eternity in the presence of God. That is the most important thing. Certainly it is. But God didn't just send his son just for that alone. He also, listen, if he bore your sin then you should be made right with God and you should have the gift of eternal life. Well, if he bore your sickness, then you should receive God's healing, virtue, and power that belongs to you as a child of God. Amen? Are you with me today? God wants you healed. He wants you whole. He wants your body strong. That's his will for your life, and it's his will for every person in the body of Jesus Christ. God wants that for you. Amen? All right, let me read it to you out of a couple of other translations. Here in the deaf New Testament says, the law put a curse on us, but Christ took away that curse. He changed places with us. The law put a curse on us, but Christ took away that curse. Why? He changed places with us. Christ put himself under that curse. He was willing. He said, no man takes my life. He said, I lay it down. No man takes my life. So, some would say, well, they crucified him. Yeah, they did, but only in his permission. Amen. He said, no man takes my life. I lay it down. So, Jesus was willing under the will of God. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And he went to the cross because it was the will of God for him to go to the cross. He died because it was the will of God for him to die. He suffered because it was the will of God for him to suffer. Why? Because God so loved the world. He loved us. And Jesus suffered our curse upon himself. Now, Haman's translation says, Christ it was who redeemed us from the curse of the law. By receiving our curse on his own person. Christ it was who redeemed us from the curse of the law by receiving our curse. He took our curse on his own person. So here's the picture. Christ hath. Everybody say hath. So it is a done deal. And it is a package deal. Not just one thing that he did, he did for everyone. He redeemed us from all of the curses. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the broken law. Now, if he's redeemed us from the curse of the broken law, how being made a curse or becoming a curse for us or taking that curse upon his own person. Now, the next verse says, and he said, hanging on the cross, everyone who hangs on a cross is cursed. If you studied in the Old Testament, it basically said that it was the death of an accursed man. So here's Jesus taking the death of an accursed person. So he's dying a cursed death. All right, so Jesus hung on the cross, died for us. He tasted our death for us. He took the curse upon himself. Now, the next verse says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Now, I would venture to say most people in this room are not Jewish born or Jewish blood, but you are a Gentile. A Gentile would be anything or anyone other than Jewish. Are you with me? So he said that the blessing of Abraham, now this covenant blessing that is on Abraham could come on the Gentiles. How? Through Jesus Christ. Are you seeing that? That the blessing of Abraham would come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So now this promised blessing would come on you. Well, you know Abraham was blessed in his body. He was about 100 years old. His wife is 90. And they had a promised child. If you don't believe that's a blessing, <laughs> let me know when that happens to you. All right. Come on now. He was blessed in his body. His body that was now dead. And Sarah's also was Dead, in other words, was not able to produce. It says, against hope, he believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. And God gave life to his body. Wow. God quickened Abraham's body. So that was one of the blessings, wouldn't you say? Obviously, or financial blessings. But let's just work this one right now. Here, the same Spirit, according to Romans 8, verse 11, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Same Holy Spirit. Not a different Holy Spirit. It's not like God has 200 Holy Spirits, 2,000 Holy Spirits, 2 million Holy Spirits. No, it's one Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he said, dwells on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead quickens or gives life to your what? Mortal body. Your mortal body means that your body is going to die, which is a result of Adam's original sin. And so... We have death-doomed bodies or mortal bodies because of Adam's sin. Sin caused spiritual death, and it caused physical death to come to the human race. It caused sickness and disease to come to the human race. But Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of sickness and disease. But he said, you still have a mortal body. you got to deal with this in this world. There's a curse in this world, and it is prevalent. Sickness and disease is here. You have a mortal body that could be subject to sickness and disease. So now you've got to take What I've given you, faith in God, hallelujah, Holy Spirit, Word of God, truth of Jesus, what I've given to you. I want you to, by faith, apply that to your life and say, Holy Spirit, now I'm trusting you to quicken my mortal body. I'm trusting you to give me life in my mortal body. Well, well, the scripture says in Psalm 103 that he satisfies your mouth with good things. He renews your youth like the eagles. He said that he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Think about it. God can renew your, your youth like the eagles. Praise God. I mean you come out strong God wants you to live long he wants you to live strong he wants you to live healthy that's God's will for your life praise God so I'm encouraging you today that healing belongs to you Christ has redeemed you from the curse of sickness and disease so that the blessing of health and healing you've been redeemed out from and away from under the curse of sickness and disease so that now the blessing of health and healing and strength and life can come on your physical body and give you life, hallelujah and cause you to live long and live strong in Jesus name thank you for joining us at Word of Life Christian Center where we seek to move upward in prayer and worship inward in discipleship and outward in evangelism, we are so excited that you decided to connect with what God is doing here and if you want to learn more go to wordoflifelv.com